Why do we work hard to solve small problems? Why do we reinvent ourselves and our clients over and over? And why are we giving away marketing strategy for free? It's time to bring home bigger paychecks. It's time to create the lifestyle we deserve and to make a greater impact. This is the Fractional CMO Show, and I'm Casey Stanton. Join me as we explore this growing industry and learn to solve bigger problems. All right, let's talk about what metrics matter most to a fractional CMO. The short answer is it depends. Don't you hate that answer? Man, I wish everything was so simple that it didn't depend, but it really does depend. Every business is different. Every metric that matters to a business could be potentially different. So in marketing, we talk about generally generating leads. If there's a sales team, the metric that's going to matter there is marketing qualified leads and the rate at which they become sales qualified leads. So let's talk through the difference between a lead, an MQL, and an SQL. Basic way that I look at it is a lead is just a form submission that says maybe first name, maybe email address, maybe phone number. An MQL or a marketing qualified lead is then that lead saying something that makes them more qualified. They might check a box that says, um, yes, I'm suffering from Crohn's disease. Another one might say, I make over $300,000 a year. That could make them an MQL. Another you know, picker list uh, item that could be there is that they could say something like, um, uh, I'm a Christian man who owns his own business. I know some people who coach exclusively Christian men who are business owners. So if they get leads of people who just give them name and emails, but they're not Christian, they're not business owners, or they're not men, they're not marketing qualified leads, but they are leads, right? They're still form submissions. So an MQL is unique in that way. There's some kind of qualification from the lead to make it a marketing qualified lead. Most often it's from um, the lead self-selecting and saying that they are a certain thing. So that would either be a radio button or a picker list, or maybe there's a, a paragraph or text capture where someone kind of free writes in something. That can make them an MQL. You can also do some neat stuff. You can do an API call out to a big data house that can come back and tell you household income and that kind of stuff, which is like behind the scenes, big tech. Think like Cambridge Analytica, except not illegal. You can, you can uh, enhance your lead data and figure out if your leads are MQLs that way. That's a cool way to do things. But the difference here between lead and MQL is an MQL is just a higher quality lead. Um, and all MQLs are leads, but not all leads are MQLs. So then that lead could move then to the next stage, which is an MQL comes in with a phone number and there's some classification that says that they are the right customer type for the sales team. Then the sales team could get the person on the phone. Remember, not all MQLs will get on the phone because some of their phone numbers might be wrong or they just don't answer the phone. Some of them get on the phone and say, never call me again, or they're on the do not contact list. So those MQLs will never become an SQL. But let's say that sales team calls one of those people and they talk to them. Maybe one of the things that qualifies an MQL to an SQL is that the MQL answers the phone and has a need and maybe has purchased similar products or services like that in the past. So we could just talk about um, uh, a plumber. A plumber gets a name and an email address. That's a lead. 
The plumber gets a name and email address and then a zip code and then a statement of the problem, which is my basement is flooding. That becomes an MQL. Then the salesperson gets them on the phone and says, can you confirm for me real quick? Is your basement flooding? And they say, yes. And then they might ask another question, which is, are you on city water or well water? And they say, you know, well water. And they say, great, now you're an SQL. Because for whatever reason, maybe they can't service a city water uh, hookup home. Maybe they say, are you the homeowner? Yes or no. Uh, are you in an HOA? Yes or no. Like there's qualifications that they're going to ask questions of and maybe identify urgency. That urgency is going to tell us the SQL, if they're an SQL or not. Then if you go into like sales theory, then they kind of become an account and that account then has an opportunity associated, which is Bob Jones at 123 Main Street um, has an opportunity for us to come and fix his flooding basement. And at some point that opportunity will either be won or lost, meaning the plumbing agency will either win that business or they won't, but Bob Jones will still exist as a potential customer and they can drum up other opportunities with them, stay in contact through email, et cetera, et cetera. So lead MQL, SQL. Those are three really interesting um, you know, KPIs or metrics that a CMO should care about. But there's so many others. That's kind of like the core focus uh, if you're like a service-based business with a sales floor. What if you're doing uh, e-commerce? What metrics do you care about? Well, you probably care about things like website visitors by traffic source. Right? Did they come in from Google search? An ad on Google search? Did they come in from a Facebook ad, a YouTube ad, a TikTok ad? Did they come in from an affiliate, whatever? So visits by source. Conversion rate from visit to um, uh, purchase. That's like a pretty global kind of a big picture number, that's nice to know. But I like the individual steps. They came to this page, did they add to cart? What was the add to cart rate? When they went to check out, what was the average cart size before they checked out? What was the upsell rate that they took? Let's say they add a product to their cart, it's for 50 bucks, they get into their cart, they see the shipping and handling, and now goes up to 60 bucks with tax. Do they bail or do they push on? Do they take that 20, 30, $50 upsell for overnight shipping or white gloves treatment or whatever the thing is or the free ebook or whatever, do they take that? What's the rate at which they take that? That's like uh, average cart size. Then there's average order value if they actually do order. Then there's the beloved number, which is lifetime value of a customer. And then there's lifetime value of a customer last 30 days, last 60 days, last 90 days, last 180, last 365, and then you know multiple years which obviously requires the business to be multiple years old and be tracking that data for it. You'll be looking at bounce rate on product pages. You might be looking at um, interaction rates, so events uh, that get triggered. Maybe in Google Analytics, you look at events and care about the events there, like um, clicking on something, uh, zooming in on a product image, like that kind of stuff might be helpful in the customer journey, and you want to track that. So that's like straight sales. Maybe then you have like ROAS, return on ad spend. How do you generate the traffic? Does it buy? Are you actually making money on the traffic? If you are, how long does it take to break even and then be profitable? Those are some numbers that you could look at. And that's just like, that's just the customer journey on the website. We could take a step back and think about email marketing. How many leads came into the CRM? How many of them are MQLs? How many of them were delivered? Uh, had emails delivered to them, so they were deliverable. 
and not bounces? What's the spam complaint rate, that kind of stuff? What about open rates on your short-term nurture sequence? Click-through rates. You might say, oh, Casey, iOS 14, 14.5, 15, uh, open rates can't be trusted anymore. Sure. I mean, they're still, they're, they're screwed up, but they're kind of like consistently screwed up. So, you know, you can, you can kind of surmise how well your emails are getting opened. Click-through rates is obviously important. Click-through to purchase. Email send to purchase rate. That kind of stuff. You can track all that. As a marketer, you might also have webinars. What about webinars? Man, emails that you send, RSVPs, um, attendance rate. People who attend and stick around for five minutes, stick around to the end, stick around to the pitch, ask questions. People who buy from the webinar. The webinar alone has a, a ton of KPIs that are important to it. You got to know all of these. You got to know them and track them. And, and ultimately, you want to assign them to individuals who then own them and own the outcome of marginally improving each number every single month. That's a process that we teach inside the Accelerator. Um, we've got worksheets and training on it. We call it the bottoms-up sales improvement. It's this process of optimizing continually those funnels. Small improvements over time at every step along the way produce dramatic results very quickly. So as you can see, like there's just a ton of potential KPIs to track. If you care about SEO, you probably care about things like um, domain rating. Maybe you pull that from AREFs. Total backlinks. Total pages. Maybe you care about the rankings of individual keywords or the number of sessions from SEO uh, traffic. If you're thinking about Facebook ads, you probably care about things like cost per click, engagement rates, frequency of seeing the videos or the ads or whatever. Conversation rate, if you use messenger ads. Total number of impressions. I mean, all of these numbers matter in uh, the vacuum of an indi individual campaign. Ultimately, you can just summarize a business is successful if it generates a profit and it gets and keeps customers. So the numbers kind of related to that I encourage our uh, members to like roll those up to the top of a scorecard and have those as a uh, executive scorecard. I think that's really helpful. Um, but ultimately, all of these numbers are useful. If you're working in a company that has an operations team, a customer service team, um, a sales team, their numbers are probably, like they probably have fewer KPIs and metrics to track because there's just not a lot of things that they can do. What can customer service really do? They can shorten their response time and increase the satisfaction of the um, service that they provide. So really, like for them, it's their time to contact someone when they have a ticket uh, asking for help, and then the net promoter score. I mean, maybe you can tell me there's a couple other things, but really, like that's a majority of what customer service can do. What can sales do? Well, they can call people. They can get more calls out. They can have more connected calls. They can have better conversations. They can make more presentations like deal pitches. Um, they can close more people. They can collect more cash. They can increase the average size of a purchase. I mean, that's like, there's not a whole lot more that they can do besides that. So as marketers, we have a much more complex ecosystem that we live in. And anything that you do, if it's not measured, it's not monitored. And if it's not monitored, it's not improved. 
one of the worst things I see is people who just throw out ideas all the time. They're like, oh, we should do this. We should do that. We should do this. We should do that. But they never come back to the core of what the outcome is and reverse engineer how to get to the outcome. This is kind of a mantra that, that I've been um, sitting on. It's this idea of, do you take the opportunities that fall in your lap? Do you take the ideas that come to you you know, while you're having a coffee, while you're, you know, sipping a cortado outside at your favorite cafe, do you take those ideas and run with them? Or do you define what you want and figure out how to get it? Most people are reactive and responsive to their environment, and they're not committed to an outcome. The successful fractional CMO gets committed to an outcome, reverse engineers how to get there, identifies the metrics that must be on track to make that happen, gives himself enough time, pulls in the right people, leads those people every single day or every single week or whatever in order to achieve those outcomes and achieve ultimately the target and, and the goal that they're after. That's how you're successful. If you're the kind of person who's always kind of gotten ideas, you got something from TV, you got something from this, something from that, and you just like try to pull that all together and, and kind of uh, formalize it into like a, a strategy, a strategy based on tactics, you're going to fail. If instead you build a strategy and then find the right tactics, you'll be successful. So the scorecard um, and data here is, is unbelievably important for your success and the success of your clients. It's important for all um, uh, departments in a business. And uh, I, I just think it's like the one simple thing that changed my life. Being able to see scorecards and dashboards um, allow me to be more effective at figuring out the biggest problem to solve and, and focus my attention there. If you want to grab a copy of our scorecard, you can grab it over at cmox.co slash scorecard. That is cmox.co slash scorecard. You'll be able to watch a video of me walking you through the scorecard and you'll get a copy of the Google Sheet scorecard um, that I've used and deployed for um, companies doing multiple millions of dollars a year, multiple millions of dollars a year in ad spend. And you'll be able to um, use that uh, for your clients and be focused on the things that actually matter. So that's it. That's it. Scorecards, KPIs. These are the things that matter for the success of a business because if you can't measure it, you can't monitor it. And if you can't monitor it, it's not going to move in the direction that you need it to. Constant monitoring is what's needed. You got to know when you're on track or off track. All right. Looking forward to hearing of your success. And if we can help you in any way become an in-demand fractional CMO that makes a half million dollars a year or more in your fractional CMO practice working 30 hours a week or less, hit us up. Go to cmox.co slash call. Book a time with my team. Ask any questions you want. We'll see if we can help you. And if we can, we'll share how. All right. CMOX.co slash call. Catch you later. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information and episodes, visit our site at fractionalcmoshow.com. Go ahead and punch that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot, at least to my mom. 